We continue our sermon series as it is in heaven. Here we go. Last week, we covered that there is a present heaven and there is a future heaven. The present heaven is where people who have trusted in Jesus go immediately when they die. The hope of heaven is realized right away. And this present heaven is the invisible dimension of God. Whether it's overlapping space and time within the earth, whether it's right next to us or above, we don't exactly know, but it's the unseen dimension of God where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit reign supreme. Where everything is perfect and at peace, fullness of light, fullness of joy. It's where the angels are with God and with those that have gone before us in the faith. The present heaven is temporary. The future heaven, however, is eternal. And we learned the amazing truth last week that the future heaven is actually the present heaven, the present heaven that will one day come down to the earth. Let me say that again. The future heaven is actually the present heaven now that will come down to earth. And when that happens, everything will change. When that happens, everything will be made new. The glorious plan of God is to make heaven and earth completely one. And at the consummation of all human history, when Jesus returns, every believer will get a resurrection body that will never wear out We'll never have heart problems. We'll never get cancer. These things will be a thing of the past. These resurrection bodies will be strong and vibrant. It will last forever. And we will live. We will live as we were meant to live here on earth. Yet it will be called, the Bible tells us, the new earth. The new earth. For along with us, The earth will be completely resurrected and renewed, the Bible tells us. And I think this perspective of heaven that the Bible gives us is better than what the culture has given us about heaven. Being all about wings and halos and harps. You know, playing on a cloud forever and ever. I mean, how can we get excited about that? The truth is, we were never meant to get excited about that. Because that's a cultural characterization. That's not what the Bible says. God wants us to get excited about the future heaven. Because it will come down to earth. It will be a new earth. All together. It will become what was always meant to be. 
as we look back to the Garden of Eden before sin entered in. See? This, this beautiful, perfect place upon the earth was spoiled because of our sin, our rebellion. And now what we have today, all these issues, the suffering, death, all these things are because of sin. But God has now had victory over sin and death, the devil, everything evil. Victory has come through Jesus. By his cross, by his resurrection, his ascension, victory has already entered into the earth. And then full victory will occur when he comes back and sets up his throne upon the earth. Everything here will be glorious. In your bulletin today, and up on the screen, we have a side-by-side chart comparing what we often assume about heaven and what the Bible says about heaven. I want to review just a few of these together today. We often assume about heaven that it's a non-earth. That gets the idea of it's just somewhere else, clouds, we just don't really know. We assume it's a non-earth. The Bible says heaven will be a new earth, right here. We assume heaven will be unfamiliar or otherworldly. The Bible says it will be familiar and earthly. We often assume it's going to feel very foreign. The Bible says it will feel like home, a place we were always meant to be. We assume that we will leave our favorite things behind. We often wonder about that. The Bible says we will retain all that's good with the best yet to come. So much more good that we're yet to experience. That longing that we have deep in our souls for more. God will bring forth that more into the earth, into our lives. We often assume, like I've said over a few Sundays, with what the culture's given us, we assume, wow, being, you know, strumming the harp on the cloud, that's going to be pretty boring. Not the case. The Bible says heaven will be fascinating. We often assume there'll be nothing to do. Again, back to the floating on the clouds thing. But the Bible says we'll have a God to serve, meaningful and enjoyable work, this is good. A lot of times our work now is not very fun. In he- heaven, the new earth, this work will be enjoyable. It will lift us up, make us feel full and satisfied, the kind of work we'll be doing. All relationships will be renewed, and there will be so many blessings to experience. In the future, when the new Jerusalem comes down and God's throne is on the earth, All the nations will come to give God glory, bringing the best of their culture as gifts, turning it all over, giving it to God. These gifts of abundance and creativity will be celebrated and given to the glory of God in whose image we are made and in whom all of our creativity comes. It's all the creativity of culture that we have comes from God. Fortunately now, a lot of that creativity, a lot of those skills can be used in sinful and evil ways in the earth. In the new earth, every skill, every ability, every talent, every creative thought and action will be used for good, 
to God's glory for the good of all people. For the good of all. A portion of scripture that I want us to look at describes these gifts of abundance coming forth into the new Jerusalem, which is called the city of God. It's found in Isaiah chapter 60. We're going to read uh, verses 5 through 9. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. All Kedar's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of Neboath will serve you. They will be accepted as offerings on my altar, and I will adorn my glorious temple. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? Surely the islands look to me. In the lead are the ships of Tarshish, bringing your children from afar with their silver and gold to the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. These nations are bringing their best for what they are known for. Tarshish, known for their great shipbuilding, the ships to go upon the sea for trading. So that's what we hear. The ships will be brought forth to God and for the good of all. Midian bringing their camels. Sheba bringing an abundance of, of gold and incense. And this is just a few. There are other places in the scripture talk about these people groups and cultures bringing forth their very best. A lot of times what they are known for, but bringing it all to God. We see the splendor of the world bringing forth, being brought forth for the splendor of God. As we look forward, we see the eternal heaven, the new earth, is the place where God brings his best to us and where we bring our best to God. And here's the thing. We don't have to wait to bring our best to God. We can do it now by showing our faith and our love for God and others now. We don't have to wait. I know a lot of part of heaven is, is we're talk, it's going to kind of come in the future. I know that. We can bring our best My brothers and sisters, my friends, we can bring our best of who God made us to be now. Saved and set free by Jesus. Moved by him to what we need to do for him and others. So I want us to get in the habit now. Get in the habit of bringing your best so that it will become second nature for all eternity. Here's our main point. That we can apply to our lives. Here is the action point for today. Begin to get ready 
for your life on the new earth by bringing your best to every situation, every relationship, every day. You and I can do this. We can bring forth the best version of ourselves, made in God's image, guided by the Holy Spirit. We can offer our very best through our words and our actions every day. And see, our hearts will be so much more willing to give our best when we know that it is God's heart to give us his very best. We need to trust in God's heart, his fatherly love for us all. It brings us all in. It wants to make everything right in the world and in our lives. And so we have to trust that he really wants best for us. Sometimes we question that with the things we go through. I know that. We have to trust his heart that he wants to now and the future, he wants to bring us his very best. See, God's heart and his love was on full display for the world to see when he died upon the cross. The innocent one dying for the guilty ones. Before you or I or anyone else in the world turned to God. He was the one who turned to us. Full of mercy and forgiveness. As we receive Holy Communion today. The body and the blood of Jesus. We receive the best of heaven. The hope of the world. In Jesus, God is with us. He has given his best. He is giving us his best. And he will give us his best always. Because he lives, we also shall live forever. Let's pray. Lord, on this day, we realize anew and open up our hearts to your very best. You, Jesus, coming into the world to seek and to save the lost, to forgive and to bring freedom and joy that this world does not provide. Help us all to trust your heart of love for us that both now and in the future and everything in between you're giving us your very best and help us to respond now lord stir up our hearts by your holy spirit get us moving your direction on your path lord help each of us here to give our very best because you've given us your very best Lord, we thank you for this time of communion. Now prepare our hearts. Help us just to fully receive, be filled up, be nourished, and then to be sent forth into your world. Bringing our very best to you and to all. 
It's in your name, Jesus. Amen.